want to say thank you this morning on behalf of the National Men's Prayer Call uh, that's been taking place now for the past seven years, going on over, going on actually eight years next year. So we're just grateful for that, Lord. We thank you to sustain us. You've kept us. You've allowed us to continue to grow in this ministry uh, and share with men from all around the world. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for that offer. Uh, and we're just so grateful this morning. Men of God, we're, we're grateful also because we have a gentleman that's going to be pouring into us here for the first time here on the call here. And we're so grateful for him because obviously he could be, he could be doing other things, but he has chosen uh, to share uh, with us this morning. Our topic is finish strong. And we've had so many outstanding uh, speakers throughout this month here. And we will be on uh, Thursday as well. So we just want you to know that uh, we're going to be wrapping things up here as we continue to grow uh, here on the call. Uh, but with that being said, um, we're just going to just thank God again for the man of the hour. Um, we just pray for him, pray for his family, pray for his ministry. And Lord, we just thank you right now in advance that you would just allow him to speak, not of himself, nor the flesh. But Lord, we thank you right now for just giving him the strength and the power that he needs, Lord, to speak your word this morning. And men of God, we thank you right now. We're going to go before God in prayer so I can get this gentleman out of the bullpen here. I know he's ready to go. So with that being said, uh, let's go before God in prayer. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We come to you this morning, Lord. We want to say thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, because uh, you allowed us to witness another day, Lord. And Father, we don't take it for granted, Lord. Father, I just thank you right now for each and every person that's represented on this call. I'm doing this call for one purpose, and that's just to hear a word from you this morning, Lord. And Father, we need to hear your word, Lord, because the Bible says that we should not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that proceed. <laughs> oh, God, from the mouth of you, Lord, and we thank you right now for that. Thank you right now for just powering us, Lord, giving us the strength that we need, Lord, to get through. Oh, God, we thank you for that, Lord, and we thank you, Father, right now. For those, Lord, are just, Father, hurting right now, Lord, and you know, Father, this this times that we're living in, Lord, but, Father, we know that you're sovereign, and, Lord, we know that you're in control of every situation, Lord, regardless of what it is, Lord. We just thank you right now uh, for your help. Uh, the Bible says for us to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find help in time of need. Lord, this is a time. We all need your help, Lord. We can't do anything without you. And Lord, I just thank you right now, Father, for showing yourself strong in the area, Lord, that we're weak. The Bible says, let the weak say that I am strong. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you for that, Father. And Father, we also thank you, Father, because the word also asks us to be able to seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all will be added unto us, Lord. And we thank you for that word. Uh, God, we thank you right now. So for the word of God says in Isaiah 48, that the flower, the, the flower fade and the grass wither, but the word of God stands forever. Oh God, we thank you, Father. We can just lean on that and, and put our hope and faith in that. The Father, that's confidence. Uh, faith is confidence. So we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for giving us that assurance. And Father, I just thank you right now for those that are on the front line, Lord. We pray for them daily, Lord. Keep them safe. Keep them out of harm's way, Lord. We thank you for those nurses in the hospital, the doctors, Lord, the EMTs, Lord, all those that are 
providing and standing there on the front line. Lord, we thank you for them, Lord. All the faculty, Lord, those that are teaching the schools, Lord, thank you. Thank you for them, Lord, and keeping them safe in the family. And Father, for those, Lord, right now, Lord, are just having a battle and challenges right now with the COVID. I just pray right now, you just go in the hospital, Lord, just put a, just a touch. Oh my God. Oh, thank you right now, Father, for healing touch over those, Lord, that are facing it right now, Lord, just having uh, uh, ailments in their body. We bind that in the name of Jesus. We thank you because I know the Bible says that you're Jehovah Rapha. Oh, God, to heal with thee, Lord, we thank you for that. And Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for allowing on the founder of uh, the National Men's Prayer Call, Dr. Kenneth Green, Father, to be at home, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, oh God, we thank you for this man of God. Thank you, Father, for giving him the strength that he needs, even though I speak right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for complete, complete healing over his body, Lord. And Father, we thank you right now for First Lady Sister Green is standing right beside him, Lord. We just pray for her. Give her the strength that she needs, Lord. I thank you for this outstanding man of God. And Father, I just thank you right now for all the men that's on the line, Lord. We lift them up before you. We lift their household up before you. Father, we lift up our spouse before you because the word said a house can't stand if it's divided. And two cannot be together except they agree on the word. It's the word of God. So we thank you for that. Thank you for offspring, Lord. We lift them up. Father, we know that they're out of school, Lord, because they're over the Christmas break. But Lord, I just ask you, just watch over and protect them and guide them, Lord. And thank you right now for covering, covering my boys, Lord. Look, we lift them up before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you right now. Once again, this day was not promised, but you made it possible. And we're just so grateful for it, Lord. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, amen and amen. We are just so and ex just so excited to be uh, in your presence once again. You know, we say that every uh, every uh, Tuesday and Thursday, but we but really we mean it. You know, you don't stay seven years in a project unless God is sustaining and 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 lifting and elevating you in the in the process. So we just want to give God the glory for what He's done. We're talking about coming to you with prayer powered spiritually enhanced personal development. You can say that three times backwards and see how much um, how much power that, that brings into your life. This morning, as we're ending, we've got about six, about eight or nine days left in 2020. And 2020 hasn't been uh, horrible for everybody. So we just wanna just finish strong. Um, you know, in the midst of finishing a race, sometimes you stumble. Sometimes you fall. Sometimes you get, uh, everybody passes you up, but you still have the opportunity and the option to finish strong. You still have the, the option to go out as uh, Rector Kipling says and give it 60 seconds worth of distance run. You know, and that's what, we, uh, what we're, we're about right now, finishing this race strong. Paul said that, uh, that when it was all over, he said he wants to be, he, just to be able to say, I finished the race. I finished the race. So this morning, um, I want to just introduce a young man that I've known for for uh, for, for a little bit, and I've uh, I've just I've looked at his character. I looked at his integrity. I looked at everything about him, and he pastored for for a good number of years in in Oklahoma. Uh, now he's back in his boyhood home in, in South Carolina, but he's a serial entrepreneur. He's a, um, he's a man of God, and he's a gentleman that when, when things come at him and when, when, when he trips and when he falls, what he does is gets back up. You see, 
A quitter, when they fall, they stay stuck and they stay on the ground. A winner gets back up. And just because you've had a fall, and you will have falls and trips and situations in life, but to get back up and to finish strong, that's a, huh, that's a whole good new subject. So with that being said, it's our honor to present to you Pastor Dr. Air, uh, Isaiah Searson. Pastor Searson, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. How you doing? I'm better than good and getting good. <laughs> well, first, I want to thank God for each one of you men and give God praise for Brother Vinny and, and, and invite me to come to this forum and this platform. And this is indeed something very unique to see this amount of men this early in the morning that comes together to glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a powerful situation in itself. And in your title of Finishing Strong, that's equal as powerful because uh, I'm looking at the brother's shirt there. It's a left-handed golfer, I hope. But, you know, no matter how you play that front nine, you always got that back nine to make up for it, to try to be strong, you see. And, and I've, I've been on that course many times, and I thank God for the back nine because I shot 72 on the front. <laughs> so I'm very, very grateful for all God does. And, and gentlemen, especially for this chance, and Brother Johnny Mack, uh, knowing him from afar, he and I was in the same business some years ago, but uh, 33 years of pastoring, 22 years of military time, eight children, 16 grandkids. So I've, I've had them peaks and valleys and those ups and downs. So I know what it takes to get some things done and you can't do it by yourself. If God don't help you, it's not gonna get done. So I do understand that. And looking at your title that you have for today, I won't try to keep you long because uh, I'm gonna I'm do as they said, Elizabeth Taylor told her third husband that I won't keep you long. So it says that this is what scripture says, and this isn't what I'm going to talk from. This is just a pretext. But whatsoever things that were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope, Romans 15, 4. All of these things that God has given us in this owner's manual that we call the Bible, everything we need is there in, in every circumstance, every situation, every scenario has already been played out. And all of those things that happen lets us know how faithful God is. And God's faithfulness won't ever change. So we know that's not going to happen. All we have to be faithful to is his word. For the, uh, Psalm 138 said he's magnified his word above all his names. So we know Psalms 138 verse 1 through 3. There's over 300 compound names for God in scripture. But yet he says he's magnified his word above all his names. So if his name is no good, neither any of those names mean anything. I mean, if his word is no good then none of those names mean anything. So God is out of his word and he expects us as men to be men of our word. Because, you know, here's something I, I teach a long time ago that whatever comes from a thing, the thing from which it came is responsible for it. So man came from God. Our wives and our children came from us. So therefore, as men, we're responsible for everything that came from us. We're responsible for our wives. We're responsible for our children. We're responsible for our grandchildren. It doesn't just stop with our own. It continues on. And so that kind of responsibility is what really drew me when Benny told me about what you guys were doing that made me so excited. So I just want to speak real briefly, if I could, from the book of beginnings. And I call it the origin of first mention, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee unto the land of Moriah, 
and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So we look at Abraham, we call the father of the faithful. For from the first time of Abraham was called by God to leave his father's house to this point, cover just a few short chapters, but each one of these steps is a faith journey. And it shows us that each step we've taken from infancy to now has been a journey of faith because we are headed in a place that God has appointed for each one of us. And so we don't know what that appointment is. Therefore, we must be faithful to his word. So when that comes, we can pass that test. So in these few short chapters, the promise given him to the mountaintop of faith experience, we see it in chapter 11 through Genesis, from Genesis 12 through Genesis 22. And watch this gentlemen, we see Abraham leaving from all that was familiar to him, to a land that he knew only by God promises. He did not know the land, didn't know where the land was, all he knew that God promised him something. And he went based on what God promised. So he left, now just like you and I, he had many stumbles, he had many falls, he had moments of triumphs, he had moments of defeat, moments of mountaintop experience, dark times in the valley, stops and start, one moment filled with confidence, the next covered with confusion. That sort of mirrors each one of our lives. We all go through this. And for the sake of time, you know, Genesis 22.1 is what I want to share. Because in 1953, guys, there was a gentleman named Sir Edmund Hillary. And he achieved monumental fame by scaling the highest mountain in the world at the time. And stories are told not just about how he scaled a mountain, but the intense preparation for it, how he prepared for that event. And that's what we're doing now. That's why I looked at your, your theme and it says, start smart and finish strong. So that means we must prepare and the only way we can prepare is spending quality time with God in his word. We must start our day with him. We must begin our day acknowledging him. We must speak to him throughout the day. And we must make sure that our families start their day as well. So what we look at in Genesis 24, another mountain rears its head with Abraham. Not Everett, but Moriah. Two men have been, we've seen scaling this mountain. There's a father and a son on a mountain far steeper than Everett and a road much tougher, much costlier, and a whole lot harder. So when Abraham and Isaac stood together, guys, they stood upon a spiritual plateau higher than ever reached by any man before. So Mount Moriah represents the highest pinnacle of personal surrender for one of those guys and one of the highest pinnacle for sacrifice for the other. In other words, Abraham had to personally surrender, and Isaac had to personally sacrifice. So few men in any point in history have ever climbed any higher than these two guys did. For indeed, there was only one peak that's higher than Moriah, and that is Mount Calvary. But here is a point I truly want to make before us today. Mount Everett, Mount Moriah, or Mount Calvary, none of those were scaled in one day. All of this had an intense time of preparation. God will never put your eye in a situation that he has not prepared us for. He will always prepare us for any test. He does not put us in a position for us to fail. So as Sir Edmund Hillary prepared for Mount Everett, God had prepared Abraham 
for Mount Moriah for over 50 years on the hills and slopes of God for his final triumph of faith, Abraham now comes to the final test that God can put in front of him of this magnitude. But the test did not come out of the blue. The scripture says it came to pass after these things. See, God had never tested Lot <laughs> because there was no need for him to test Lot. He already knew Lot's character. He knew exactly where Lot was going, but he tested Abraham. And so he did so after these things. And what things? All of those things that went before, leaving his father's house, going through Sodom and Gomorrah, going through the um, King Barak of Sodom, going through all of these situations, going through the not having any children, going through uh, a line about Sarah being a sister, going through all of these things. God had already tested him. And he had come to a conclusion in his life that God was faithful. And when we go through various tests and ups and downs, we too come to that point where we realize the faithfulness of God. It's just like trusting what you see on the golf course. It's just like trusting your swing. It's just like trusting what you've done repetitive for so many times. It's trusting that. Even when it doesn't seem right, even when you don't think you can get it over that water, even when you, you don't aim at the water, you aim at what's on the other side. So this is how God prepares us with things. He never lets us into a situation that he's not prepared us for. So all things that are gone before are climaxing and casting out Hagar, Ishmael, again and again, God had challenged Abraham to do one thing, and that was to surrender. And one of the hardest things for us to do is surrender. And pride will always agree to assistance, but pride will never agree to surrender. Pride never want to surrender itself. We have to fight ourselves to get rid of that guy. So in between all of this, he first told God, Abraham, to leave his father, and now he's asking Abraham to give his son. Look at the two differences there. With one, leave your father, now give up your son. Which one of these is going to be greater? So in between, it had been the well-watered plains of Jordan, things that been gifts of Sodom and Gomorrah and Ishmael, in which each surrender, he was learning how to scale God's highest mountain. So gentlemen, there's no chapter in God's holy word that explains to us what Calvary could possibly mean to a father. We have Isaiah 53, Psalm 69, Isaiah 20, uh, Psalms 22, to see what Calvary meant to a son. But only Genesis 22 shows us what Calvary meant to God the Father. That's the only one that shows us what Calvary meant to the Father. So in Genesis 21-2, we see that the, all that Calvary meant to Abraham in terms of agony, heartache, and pain, you multiply that a thousand, ten thousand times, time thousands of times, then you can see what Calvary must have meant to God. So all of this was a precursor, not for Abraham, but for Jesus Christ, to let us see that God had already put in his word exactly what was going to be coming years from then when his son had to scale the highest mountain of his life as well, and that being Mount Calvary. So all tests were preparatory, and now comes the finals of the school of faith. God had been coaching him all along, and now on this stage, in God's blessed word for every one of us to see, is the foreshadowing of God the Father, escorting his beloved son up the hill to Calvary, and said, take now, think about it, gentlemen, my oldest son, my oldest daughter, I could not ever imagine if God would ask me to do that one of my kids. I couldn't even imagine it. I love them that much. 
my daughter came in yesterday and snuck up on me and she's 45 and she grabbed me and hugged me. I said, how you feeling? She said, I'm feeling a whole lot better now for your kid to tell you in your embrace that they feel so much better now. Can you imagine Abraham looking down at Isaac, knowing that he's taking his son up a hill where God said to kill him and not being able to explain to Isaac everything that's going on. But see, Mount Moriah, the name itself means foreseen of Jehovah. So none of this took God by surprise. Adam's fall, Noah's error of the fall, nor has our long journey into sin took God by surprise. Nothing we've done took God by surprise. And that's one of the reasons why we must praise him in the way that we do. Because if any one of us would have been in God's position, we'd be the only person living on the planet who would kill everybody else. Because that's the way it would go. Because everybody had made us so upset because we don't want to be around anybody in the longer. So he said, get thee now to the land of Moriah. And over the years, Abraham had come to learn how to trust God. And in Isaac, all thy seed shall be blessed and shall be called. So he could not conceive how God was going to kill him. But here's Abraham. God said, I'm going to give you three days to think about this. I'm going to give you three days to go up and journey. I want you to pause and consider every step of the way. He saddled his ass. He took the men. He took Isaac. And then he got to the point of no return where he told the men, you guys stay here while I and the lad go worship. Gentlemen, in the book of Genesis, we see two firsts that's ever recorded. In Genesis 22, this is the first time we see in a scripture where thine only son and loveth appear at the same time. So love, the first time it appears, it appears in sacrifice. And then he said, take thine own, I and the lad going to go worship, and then we're going to come back. That's the first time worship is mentioned. And worship has to deal with giving sacrifice. So everything God requires of us requires a certain amount of sacrifice on our part. And so this is the point God want to get all of us as men. So when he got there, he got to that place of no return. When Peter and James and John went everywhere with Jesus, there was one point Jesus had to go by himself. In that Garden of Gethsemane, when God had to squeeze, when he had this, Gethsemane means the, 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 um, the point of pressing or the point of crushing, where God had to crush all of the man, Jesus, out so that the Christ could come. He had to put all of that man out of the way so Christ could come forward. And once the Christ came forward, he, he told those guys, look, from that point on, he took whipping after whipping after whipping because the man could not handle what only the Christ came to do. And there's some point in our lives, gentlemen, where we're going to all have our personal Mariahs and we're going to all have our personal Gethsemane where God's going to have to take us to crush us so that oil can come up out of us, so that Christ that he has in us can emerge so the ministry that he has for us can get taken care of. We're all going to go through it. It's a place of crushing, and we got our own Mariah. So the key is we look at this and close it out, is that Isaac wasn't dragged in chains. Abraham trusted God, but watch this. Isaac trusted his father. Think about that, gentlemen. Abraham trusted God, but Isaac trusted his father. And when I think of my eight children, that's the honor and the privilege of being a man because I got the honor and the privilege of reestablishing in my children's life what God has placed in mine. And when I, my kids see that they can trust their father, it builds a bridge. So when they come to any crossroad in their lives, 
they got a point of reference where they can look back and saw what their father did. And that helped them get through what they're going through. So gentlemen, as we close, it's been that, that Mount Moriah has been there for quite a while. The young men left behind, the full weight of the wood now placed on Isaac. It had been there all the time, but now Isaac must bear it. So think about this. Isaac looks up in his father's face. His father may be refusing to look down at his son. And his, his father's face is cemented with something very serious. And he says, my father, I see the wood and I see the knife, but where's the lamb? The hardest question Abraham would have had now is that he looked down at his son and he says some words that must be explained at length. My son, he didn't say God will provide a lamb. He said God will provide himself the lamb. In other words, the lamb of God is going to come down to earth and die for you and me. What a wonderful, wonderful situation that was. And when Isaac and Abraham got there, Abraham put him on the altar laid him down, and if you can visualize with me, this old man raised one hand towards heaven, took that knife and said, all angels stop singing, every, the heavenly host stop moving. I'm going to show you that man born of woman can provide to God the ultimate act of obedience. God asked for my son, and I am at this point in time going to deliver my son to the hand of God. And the Bible said, an angel of heaven called from heaven and said, Abraham, stay thy hand. So his hand had to be moving. For now, look what he said. For now, I know that you fear, for you fear God. For you've not withheld from him your only son. But here's the key to all of that. God never wanted Isaac. He wanted Abraham. It wasn't Isaac he was after. He was after Abraham. He didn't want Abraham to have no competing affections. He didn't want there to be anything between him and God. And gentlemen, in our lives, sometimes our hardest part of our worship and praise and the magnifying and glorifying God is things in our lives that compete against us. We allow sometimes competing affections. And we're not always sidelined by the bad guys. Sometimes the good get in our way too. So we must be careful of how we do these things. So when you look at all of this and look at it in perspective, God has shown us throughout the scriptures how he prepared men for tough tasks. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And when it came to the lion's den, he was able to sustain it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told Nebuchadnezzar, we know God can deliver us, but if not, we're not going to bow down. And God didn't deliver them from the fiery furnace. God delivered them through it. And gentlemen, I submit to you this morning, when those three Hebrew boys came out of the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four. And one looked like the son of man, but only three came out. Where's that fourth person? I submit to you this morning, he's still in that furnace waiting for you and I. So when you and I have to go through our fiery times, he's there for us as he was for them. Just like God went up that mountain with Abraham, he's climbing every mountain with you and I. Just like you go through all your experiences of life, your twists and turns, he's with us in every one of them. And I just want to encourage us this morning in that, that no matter where you are, no matter where you, what you're dealing with, as men of God, God has prepared you for this moment. And we must encourage our children. We must encourage those that God has given us leadership over. Stay in God's word. Because you don't want to get to a point 
where God has you and you fail to prepare for that point. So you wanna make sure that you prepared for the test. So gentlemen, this morning, I wish I had time to preach a full sermon, but I don't. But I just wanna give God the praise for just being able to sit in front of a great group of men, especially as early in the morning, because the only thing we get up as early for is to go to work, either go play golf. <laughs> we'll get up early and go play around the golf, no doubt about it, we'd be before the sun came up. But guys, the get up for Almighty God is a powerful thing. So brothers, love you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the words has some impact on your life. And I just give God the praise for being able to share with you for a few moments. And I'll turn it back over to you guys. Amen. Amen. Pastor Isaiah, I, I got to tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed that message. And uh, one of the interesting things after all that you've uh, really kind of just led us through from, you know, our journey of faith to start our day with God, we need to make sure that we ensure the time we take to be prepared. And as we are getting going through those fiery times that we trust in God, that we're conscious enough to understand him that we still are required to give him everything through our crushing. The one that thing that stuck out for me, I've got to be honest with you, is um, the part by we have to give him everything. And, you know, the word declares in Matthew 22 and 37, uh, that when they asked to say, teacher, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of them all? And Jesus answered saying, love their God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And brothers, I got to be honest. I don't know if I've given anything my all. To be honest with you, you know, when we look at this and look at the depth of what we can give for love for our kids, you know, that's a growing process. And when we put our efforts to a thing, have we ever left everything on the, you know, on the floor? And in this space, in us finishing strong, God is requiring us, if we love him, give him everything, the totality of ourselves, right? And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I think I, 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 I've done a lot, but have I given it all? Mm -hmm. And so it's a great reminder, uh, Pastor, is that um, uh, when I think I'm, I'm broken and I think I can't go another step and I think I can't endure, I think I can't uh, sacrifice, I think I can't put my pride aside, that the word is telling me that I have capacity to do it, you know, that I can give it all and I can be like a big brother. And, you know, one of the things that I recognize in the parallel of what you showed us over here with Abraham and Isaac, but with God in Christ, that God loved us so much that he gave us his son. But Jesus loved God so much that he obeyed and went through it. And it's a beautiful love affair that sacrificial at his core, but what Jesus Christ did, not necessarily just to offer it, but the love he had for his father kept him on the cross. And so um, I stay there in that space too. And I know what we got to finish strong. I know that there's so many different things that all of us are required to do to be leaders in our communities, to be priests in our own homes and to be the men of God that God has prepared before us for us to be. And with that being said, and us finishing strong, we should be able to push even further to give all of ourselves and to you know, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your energy and everything. And we finish strong with this, Pastor. All is required to much given, much is required. And, you know, 
it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that you've reminded us that that much is required from us, and I'm I'm willing to give it all. Um, and I got to trust them enough to even know if it hurts like that, I'm still willing to go through it. Beautiful, beautiful message, gentlemen. A great way to start our week off. We get ready to close this thing down on Thursday as we have a collaboration of the leadership to come in and to speak about what we all need to do and the nuggets that we had to do to make it through one of the very toughest years we've ever had uh, in our experience. And so uh, I look forward to closing out the year with you guys. I encourage everybody to come back. And the, the best thing about this thing is that you know, you don't ever want to go to a mechanic who ain't got but one tool in his tool belt, toolbox, right? How are you going to fix it? You know, I know some of y'all, I can tell you, uh, uh, Pastor Isaiah drives a very fancy car, and you got to have special tools to get in there and do that work, right? That flathead ain't going to get it, partner. And so the only thing I'm suggesting is that this vehicle called the National Men's Prayer Call helps us and prepares us and give us different tools to put in our toolbox to make sure that we can fix the issues of life that God gives us and to make sure that we're everything for our wives, our, our children, our community, our, our ministries. And so I just encourage the brothers to come back over here and keep filling up your tool belt. I know Johnny Mac got a full one. You know, uh, we, we, we doing our best to do our best. And so every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 a.m., gentlemen, uh, join us and you'll hear some dope, dope uh, teacher and leadership just like Pastor Isaiah today. Uh, brother, I appreciate you. So here we get ready to close out in prayer real quick um, and just join me in that. Heavenly Father, we thank you absolutely for everything that you have done uh, throughout the year and especially this moment. Father, we thank you for uh, Isaiah Surison, uh, Father, and I pray that for everything that his life, his children, his ministry, his golfing ability, Father, everything that um, that this brother needs, Father, I pray that you bless him and bless, bless him abundantly, Father, and, and, and provide for him everything that he needs for the blessing he's been to the body of Christ, Father, that his... his um, his time served, Father, his heart in it, Father, his dedication to it, Father, that, that the blessings continue to flow. And for every brother on my line, on this, on this line, Father, as we join together in this brand of brothers, Father, that we come and as we seek you, Father, so we, we're, we're participating in our own growth. Father, and I think, and I, I just hope that you honor that. I know that you already have, Father, but for everything these brothers need to include myself, Father, that we get equipped with it so that we can be the best representation of you on this planet. Father, we love you, we honor you, and now we live for you. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All hey, thank right. You, uh, uh, Pastor Sirson. Hey, and remember, uh, gentlemen, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's the National Men's Prayer Call uh, on, the, on YouTube. And you can dial in at 929-205-6099 using the access code 588-930-2578 in the event that you can't get on the, um, the Zoom call. Have an awesome day, and thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, guys. Thank you, man. Hey, John, hold on real quick. Pastor, John. do you have anything online where you, you have your sermons or your body of work or the teachings on there? No, sir, but I have a, a library that's off the chart. And um, my wife and daughter have been telling me to do this for years. I haven't done it just yet. But I do have a couple of things out there. But uh, I, I can get anything to you. And then I can, do you have a chat box here? Let me put, uh, if you got time. I guess I can... we definitely 
put you into our, our, um, one of our lines, we definitely do that. Or I'll try to get your number offline. But, yeah. you know, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed, sir. I, I, I really appreciate yeah. it. Yes. Could I say one thing that you brother said before I run? Yes, sir. You mentioned you don't know whether you've done that or not. And, you know, the scripture, you hear people tell you, man, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. The word perfection in scripture never means for us to be perfect or God no one can do that. It means maturity. So we're all maturing. And God does not expect you to be perfect. He just expects you to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And if you're consistent, you'll get where you need to go. Yes, sir. You practice consistently, you're going to eventually get good. It's okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Johnny, I'm going to remind you of that with your golf game. <laughs> no, yeah, Johnny's getting better, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chance. Hey, hey Red. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate hey, it. I'll get in touch with you. I know Benny has your number. I'll get in touch how, with you. How big is Johnny Golf Ball? Is it about the size of a softball? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Hey, y'all have a blessed day, man. Thank you. Hey, hey Anthony. Hey, Anthony. No more people say you're meddling. You're meddling now. It's <laughs> your own business. <laughs> Get out of mind. Uh, y'all brothers be blessed. We'll see y'all. Right. And all the brothers, we got something good for y'all. Have a nice day. Thank you.